Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Do you like scary? I'm not gonna do this. Do you like scary movies? I don't. I can't even do a. I can't even do that voice. Do you like you know scary biggest, movies? Do you like? You know your, your biggest problem is that you doubt yourself and you make apologies for your performances. Like, you're right. You're not like you know Jack Nicholson. You know, but if you just do it and you do it like with a little confidence, people will accept it. When they don't accept it is when you start like shitting on it while you're doing it or shortly thereafter. I think this makes. I think this is funnier when you shit on yourself. I, I like that humor better. You're you're alone, and you should <laughs> at least give it a give it a few beats. Like give say the line and then shit on yourself, and okay. then it's okay. Okay, let's try again. All right. Yeah. All right. Do you like scary movies? Now shit on yourself. Okay, that was awful. There you go. You gotta wait. For, you gotta give it time. <laughs> so everyone welcome back to super 90s brothers thanks for uh clicking on us yeah thanks for listening uh yeah we've been away for a couple weeks um kind of figuring out our uh our technical difficulties as we always do but we're back and we're hopefully sounding a lot better to you guys but uh, we won't talk too much about that but figuring out our technical upgrades is more like it yes there we go no more technical difficulties only forward will just be about the show in the 90s. But first, we just want to thank everyone so much for the, for continue continuing to listen to us. Um, you know, you can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can email us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com for any questions that you might have. Um, we really appreciate that. And then, as always, please give us those five-star review on iTunes. Those help us so much. Um, How many stars do they need to give us, Brennan? They need to give us five. Five, five. You know, gotta, I, I don't even know. If, I don't even know if the star rating really matters. It just means you just have to have. Of course, that. it matters. <laughs> you just gotta have. Of course, that, it matters. We gotta have that twenty. That those twenty reviews, and we have it. But we just want. We want more and more. The more reviews we get, the more five stars we get, the higher we get up there, and uh, the more we pop up in search results. That's what we're going exactly. For. And uh, you can you can help. Unsus- There's like. There's a little boy out there who knows nothing about the Super 90s Brothers right now. And thanks to your reviews, this is like a Sally Struthers pitch, and thanks to your helpful reviews, you can help that sweet child get connected to Super 90s Brothers. And all it costs you is five minutes to produce a five-star review on Super 90s Brothers iTunes. Yes, and I would love it if you guys send us some emails, ask us some questions, uh, you know, that would be great too. Um, so, you know, once again, you can email us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. So, I've considered actually um, buying us a, a phone number and uh, so people can call in and then, then we can have, we can like play the calls. Like, that would be cool. That's yeah, like, but e- I mean, yeah, but we don't do live shows. No, not like a live number. Like, you call in and leave a voicemail. Oh. Okay, like, I mean, people people could email us for free right now, and they choose not to. Mm-hmm. But we should def. Well, you should definitely invest in a phone number. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely should, and I'll, I'll consider it. Um, if hey, the, you know, you know, you you we always request emails, but you could also send us selfies, um, picture, pictures of your dog. Yeah, you could. You could send us pictures of your dog, of uh, your cats, of yourself. I guess I'd be. I mean, we haven't had that sent to us yet but you know it's definitely a 
possibility of something you could send us. You can send us money. We we, we, we a, we're not asking we don't need for money. money. We don't need money. I need money. We want to. See, I want more. We want to see. We want to see what you look like. That's the bigger thing. Yeah, that I mean, you know, send us those and if pictures. you're really ugly. If you're really hideous, send us like a catfish picture of somebody better looking so we can live in a fantasy and be like, look how good looking our listeners are. Like, if you're really gross, don't send us your real photo. Yeah, but, but no dick pics, please. I, I I really don't want well, to see any of those. So Well, speak I've, for yourself. I, I've, I've, Brit- got, I've gotten enough of those. Brennan screens the, the, <laughs> screens the email. <laughs> so rest assured, if you do choose to send a dick pic, <laughs> Brennan will be the one that sees it. So I'm actually encouraging this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but also you can follow us on uh on twitter i'm at Boropo mode on twitter and adam is at adam pitzler pretty simple remembered yeah i mean it's not adam hitler like i recommended but you know it's it's a bad recommendation you should we should really you should really refrain i can't believe i'm saying this to you but you should refrain from the hitler jokes on this show well when the i mean i think the jokes about hitler you know are just starting to come on trend like I think he's been dead long enough. It's cool now. I mean, it's just, it's funny, you know. Like he's he's funny, and I think uh, you know, yeah. Taka. What I can't even say his name with his new movie that's just coming out. You know, he he's Hitler in that, uh, and so and Jojo Rabbit. Um, so, anyways, this is not a this is not a movie uh, podcast of about killing. We are here today <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> We are here today to talk about what one of the most influential horror movies of our time, maybe ever, and we are talking about the movie Scream. Woo! Ow! Ow! Okay, so Scream follows the character of Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, and she's in high school, and she lives in this town called, like, Woodsboro, I think, and she's the target of, like, a killer, and um, his name is Ghostface. And we get a taste for Ghost, Ghostface in the very beginning of the film where he is stalking Drew Barrymore in, like, her parents' house. And Drew Barrymore is blonde. And she's, like, flirting with him. And she's making popcorn. And he, like, starts, like, kind of quizzing her about, like, all the best 80s horror movies. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and Halloween. And he sort of, he sort of starts, like, loosely threatening her. Like, uh, if you get one of these wrong, something bad's going to happen. And she eventually, like gets a question wrong and suddenly like the tone changes sharply and suddenly she feels like she's in mysterious danger because she can tell he's there and he's watching her. So anyway, like uh, Drew Barrymore gets killed and that's sort of the beginning of the movie in this little town. And then it becomes sort of a whodunit, which is cool. You know, there's a lot of horror movies that are just like, there's a killer and everyone's running from them. And that one had this, but it was also a mystery. Like you didn't know who the killer was. So this movie was sort of like a black comedy and it combined that with mystery and like whodunits and with the whole slasher genre. Um, anyway, we follow the movie and Sydney and her group of friends are getting stalked by this, this ghost face killer and they start dying one by one. And as, as a viewer, you're trying to figure out who did it and is Sydney going to make it? And she going to find out who's killing her and, and blah, blah, blah. And of course it all comes to like this bloody, like climactic, chaotic, you know, house party, you know, uh, gore fest. Um, and that's when we discover who the killer is, but we'll we'll get to that later. Anyway, did you leave anything out, Brennan? No, I th- I think you had everything. Uh, that's pretty much what I remember when I watched it a couple days ago. So yeah, good. So you just watched it. That's good. Yes, yes. Um, I've just watched it, so I actually I can actually talk about what I watched in the last. Oh, like, good. That, last that'll week. be a that'll be a welcome change from other podcasts we've done. 
So, uh, how old were you? How old were you when you first saw it? I think it came out in 96. Did you see it when it came out? I didn't I did not see it when it came out. I saw it probably the summer like 1997. Like I I definitely wasn't old enough to go see the movie yet. Um and so I uh, I yeah, so I I saw it like that summer at a friend's house. Okay. And uh, what did you think? Little 13-year-old Brennan you know, I mean, at the time, I thought it was great. I was a, a big fan of um, Party of Five, so I, I I knew who Nev Campbell was, and I had a... <laughs> just stop. Uh, I, Party of Five, and Nev Campbell, Campbell was on that, and uh, she was great on that. I had a crush on her. I don't know many young boys that probably didn't have a crush on Nev Campbell. Um, so, anyways, and so... I, I saw that and Drew Barrymore was in it. I was interested in that. You know, for those who don't know, Drew Barrymore was like top build in this movie and she was in it for like 15 minutes, minutes. eight minutes, maybe, maybe. Um, And so, but yeah, and like, and so that was a big surprise when she gets killed. But like, yeah, it was, I mean, as a, I mean, in 1996, I would have been 12 years old. So like as a young, as a young man, like this movie was definitely like, top of mind when it came out or because there was a big buzz about it especially like in elementary like in sixth grade like everyone's talking about it um and yeah it was really there was a really big buzz about it and being able to you know finally see it when I was like was awesome I saw it at a friend's house we watched it on at, at night and uh did you guys did you guys watch party of five first like uh you- yes we pre-funked party of five and then we um and then we watched you scream some, you made some apple cider made some popcorn party of Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch Party of Five. Yeah, who was who were the other girls in Party of Five? It was like Lacey Shaber and who uh, else? Uh, Lacey Chabert, uh, I believe is how Sorry. you pronounce it. Didn't and know then, it had uh, a French French pronunciation. Jennifer Love Chabert. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. She uh, was. Yeah, she was okay. in it. Um, and then Matthew Fox was in it. He's a and then uh, Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking it was odd that there was a wolf and a fox in the opening credits. <laughs> yes, uh huh. Um, but yeah, it had a you know fairly decent cast for. I mean, a lot of those actors have gone on to do you know big things. Uh, Lacey Chabert is the star of many a shitty Hallmark movie that my yeah. wife likes to watch. A mean, she was in Mean Girls. Um, so mm. yeah. Anyways, back to Scream. Like, yeah, it was a really. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a movie that a lot of you know, young teenagers. Party of Five watchers went and saw. Yeah, and teenagers. Like, it was a big teen movie. Like, it was like the, and that was, you know, it was kind of the beginning of that. So what about you, Adam? When was the first time you saw it? Well, as you all probably know by now, hopefully if you're a regular listener, and as Brennan certainly knows, I've always been a big horror aficionado. Um, Watching the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and the Halloween movies was very common in my house. Like, we, me and my sister would watch them all the time especially Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street was always our favorite franchise. I've always thought Freddy was the scariest of all of those because he could get you while you sleep. And the dream worlds were so creative. So we were big Wes Craven fans, in short. And when we found out that Wes Craven was coming out with some sort of new movie that was completely modernized, it was a completely modern approach to horror. And frankly, there's a lot of people in the biz that will tell you that horror was sort of dead in the early 90s. Like, Silence of the Lambs came out, in like 1991 and then there was like a couple other successful movies like tremors and Candyman, 
But for the most part, like horror was like straight to video piles of shit. If you like Google best horror movies in the 90s, you will not find very many good ones before Scream. But when Scream came out, I'm getting some feedback from you, by the way. Um, sorry. When Scream came out, it was something new and it was it was exciting for the industry, for the movie industry. And for horror lovers like myself, it was like, oh, my God, here is a big Hollywood blockbuster horror movie directed by Wes Craven. And that is like all the all that you need on the ticket to sell me and many other horror films, horror fans like myself. So I definitely saw it when it first came out with my sister. I remember she got it for me on VHS for my birthday and my whatever my next birthday was after it was released, probably my 13th birthday in February of 97. So I have owned this movie forever and I've seen it like countless times. And I, when I first saw it, I, I thought it was just great. It was so, it was so scary, but also fresh, you know, it was such a fresh take on horror and horror can be redundant to be, to put it nicely. There's a lot of the same stories. Like I, I think people that watch those Friday the 13th movies, like all of them, I think they're just simpletons to be honest. I think Friday the 13th is so unoriginal after, you know, second or third one or whatever. It's just the same thing again and again. This movie took modern, you know, took modern people, put them in a horror movie that was a key, like keenly aware of horror movie genre types, stereotypes and rules and compressed those all into an awesome mystery slasher. I just thought it was amazing, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it was, uh, I, yeah, you said it all about like how it just really helped redefine, not redefine, but helped reinvigorate the, the genre. Because as we'll talk about later, there's a lot of movies that came out after this that really Scream started. Um, so did you see? So did you did you see it in the theater? Um, you know, I honestly don't remember. Um, I I'm leaning towards no, and not because I didn't want to, but there was probably some other reason. Like it, I don't know. I at the time I wasn't. My sister had just moved out like the year before, and so I probably didn't have somebody to go see it with. And I had I had moved out of my mom's house into my dad and my stepmom's and. To be frank, they're just not as fun. They weren't as fun as my mom and my sister, and we didn't do as much fun stuff. So I don't think I did see it in the theater, but I'm not for sure. But I definitely saw it on VH on VHS rental, like as soon as it hit, you know, Hollywood video or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so Scream came out in in so strangely, Scream came out in December of 1996. Um, and I read about why they did this. I don't really remember it too well, but long story short is they did it because movies that come out in December don't like are usually typically blockbusters and they just wanted to put it out when like all the kids were out of out of high school, like for like Christmas break. And the movie actually didn't open too well. It came out and didn't have a really big buzz, but then people started going and seeing it and then all of a sudden like it became one of the most talked about movies over that Christmas break and into like January and it just had this humongous momentum. Um, and the movie was actually made on like a really, really, you know, pretty cheap budget. Um, I think the most money they spent on it was uh, the money they paid to Drew Barrymore to like be in it for 15 minutes. And, and so it's, 
interesting, you know, how that it came that this scary movie that that we naturally associate with Halloween actually came out in December. Um, so it says when it opened, it opened second only to Beavis and Butthead Do America. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, that, that movie was good though for whatever it's worth check out our beavis and butthead podcast we do talk about that for sure um but yeah the movie uh the movie w- was made on 14 million dollars and uh worldwide made 173 million dollars um so which is pretty crazy for i rated our movie and for yeah f- anyways that is crazy yeah Let's get into the characters a little bit, um, Brennan. Absolutely. Um, so, first of all, like Sydney, the main character, Nev Campbell, who Brennan liked from Party of Five. <laughs> 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 I can't believe you watched Party of Five. <laughs> Dude, I watched 90210 and Melrose Place. Party of Five was actually like a uh, um, was actually a TV show that like was made as like a um from 90210 like Matthew Fox's character was in 90210 and then they gave Matthew Fox a TV show oh, oh so, like a spin-off a spin-off thank you um so yeah okay well party of 5 ain't Frasier, and i don't support most spin-offs <laughs> um so yeah so let's talk about Nev Campbell let's talk about uh you know the yeah so what do you remember about that character well i remember her being well, she's, first of all, Nev Campbell's beautiful. That's probably, you know, one of the basic things I remember about it. But I would say the different thing about Nev Campbell was that she wasn't, uh, or her character, Sydney, was not your typical girl. Like, she was more strong. She was more, uh, well, like, she was more, <laughs> she was, they, she was a, a stronger character. Like, she wasn't, she fought back, um, and scream, queen, scream queens have long fought back. Jamie well, that's Lee Curtis. true. Jamie Lee Curtis. You're right. I, you're right. But I don't know. I just there was something about her character. She was very, she very strong willed, and she just was a very, you know, good. She was a very good for the role. Like if you think about it, like the original Sydney was originally supposed to be played by Drew Barrymore, and then. Um, oh really? Yeah, and then that. with scheduling conflicts, I. I Drew Barrymore decided to play this the the character in the first part of the film to kind of set Casey. it up, and it actually worked to their advantage um, because originally they were going to like scrap the like they almost didn't make this movie, and Wes Craven got the very beginning of the movie made, and and ha- and then he showed it to you know the the big wigs at Dimension or Miramax wherever they're at, um, and. Uh, they they based on just that opening sequence they went went through with the rest of the movie um and so that is interesting and so anyways and so it's different it's weird to think that like that character could have been drew barrymore which would have been totally totally different um but yeah nev campbell just brought a level of it too that she was yeah in in a sense she was a lot like jamie lee curtis like she definitely had that that same type of vibe that strong willed woman um what's your opinion uh yeah i liked her she was um she was a likable lead um she wasn't annoying or weak um you're right she did come off as very strong smart there was there's this thing in the 
in Scream about like her mom was like kind of slutty and her mom like two times her dad and uh, then her mom got killed. Isn't that right? Well, yeah, the whole so the kind of the the lead up to all, all like basically what happens is Nev Campbell's character, Sydney's mom had has died and it's been a, actually a year since she's been murdered and tomorrow. One year tomorrow. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so she was killed, and she was killed by, um, you know, uh, a character that later Cotton comes... Weary. Cotton Lee Weary. Cotton Weary. Lee Schreiber. that comes in, who isn't actually in the first movie, except for, like, in a brief clip. Um, but she took the stand to put Cotton in jail. And so... Anyways, and so it's been a year since that, and that she's been going through all that, her mom's death, and there's some overtones that, like, that her mom had an affair with Cotton Weary. Um, and so, anyways, that, and that's kind of, like, the basis of the, of the beginning of the movie, and, and then all this stuff that starts happening to her, and, like, and so, and the killer's back. And so, I, I believe they set that up pretty early on. Like, I believe one of the very first scenes is, like, Nev Campbell getting um, chased by Ghostface, like in her in her own house. Okay, so that's Sydney, and she's got a dead mom, and uh, she and so we believe someone is stalking her or hunting or somebody that likely killed her mom and now is out for revenge or or is at least connected to the murder of her mother. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so then let's move on to another character, and I'm gonna skip around here. Um, Courtney Cox's character, the the news the news reporter. Um, the character's name was Gail Weathers, which sounded so stupid and fake. But uh, <laughs> hey, that, that's, that, that, that's that's all news reporters' names. Like they all have like fake names. <laughs> yeah, I think they comment on that at some point too. That it sounds like a like a deranged weather girl or something like that. For sure. Um, so Courtney Cox, she so you just watched the movie and I haven't watched it in probably like two years. So help me out, Brennan. Didn't she defend Cotton and was on the train for like the truth? And that's why Sydney doesn't like her? Yeah, like in the beginning, like so there's a uh so Drew Barrymore's character gets killed in the beginning of the movie and there's all this like hoopla going on around the school and she's like a reporter from the local, you know, TV station. And so she's like, you know, reporting and she's like talking to people and she does not believe that Cotton, you know, killed the mom and that she believes all these, all these things around it were, you know, did not point to him. And this really pisses off Nev Campbell. And there's a confrontation early in the movie where like Gail's like kind of chasing after, uh, after Sydney and she's like asking her all these like questions, pointed questions and like truly trying to like get in and like Nev Campbell, like to like, like slaps her and like, um, Oh, and basically, yeah. And so, so they, so they set that away. So they set that up pretty early with like, that there's like that, like Nev Campbell, that Sydney does not like Gail Weathers at all. And Gail Weather comes, Weathers comes across as kind of a, just kind of a bitch. Like she's not very, she's not very likable early on. Like she's like, you can tell like she's really trying to like get the story and she doesn't really, that's, you know, she's not really, that's, yeah. That's so sexist, Brennan. She was just an assertive woman. If a, if a man is assertive, he doesn't get called a bitch. So, I mean, I think they call her a bitch in the movie. So to be yeah, fair, I mean, they do, but it's, it's, you know, it's wrong. She's just, she's just really good at her job. She's, she just really wants, 
You're right. You're right. You're, you're very right, Adam. Thank you for you know enlightening me. I, I, I I'm right. I should not have called her a bitch. But she, you know, she's very. She just wanted the. She, just, she wanted the scoop, she wanted, and she was right. She was right about Cotton Weary. She, we'll she, get to that. Well, she was right, and so, uh, but yeah, she's played by Courtney Cox, who is, uh, who was Who's very famous at this point, very because famous because of, of Friends. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, and so that was that's her so character. She's probably the most famous. Honestly, I think she was probably more famous than Drew Barrymore even at this point. Uh, I, I, Drew Barrymore had that like lull in the early '90s where she really didn't do a lot. Right. Yeah. There was like yeah. Definitely, like there was, yeah. So, anyways, crazy, uh, crazy okay. love. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Drew Barrymore and Chris O'Donnell, or yeah, Chris oh. O'Donnell. Anyways, <laughs> oh, that must have been on right before Party of Five. I missed it. It was. So the the next character we're gonna cover is Deputy Dewey Dog, um, who is played by the famous David Arquette of the famous Arquette family. Yeah. Um, David Arquette had been in Buffy the Vampire Slayer a few years earlier as sort of like the creepy Luke Perry friend. Uh, rest in peace, Luke Perry. Check out our 90210 podcast to learn more about our love for Luke Perry. <laughs> oh, so wait a minute. And he was in the... So he was in... David Arquette was in the actual Buffy movie. The movie. The, the movie. movie, okay. Yeah, the one with Christy, Christy Swanson. Yeah. Um, okay, so David, Ar- David Arquette plays the deputy. He's like the main cop in the story here. I mean, there's other cops in the town, but Dewey is most involved in this case because his little sister is best friends with Sydney. Um, his little sister is played by Rose McGowan. And uh, I don't know that her character is all that circumstantial, but she's Sydney's best friend. And Sydney like stays the night with them when shit starts going down again. And, you know, Dewey's there and he's trying to seem tough and whatever. So Dewey's very protective of Sydney. He he treats her sort of like a little sister. And uh, he also has a thing for Gail Weathers, which complicates him because he knows Sydney doesn't like her. Yeah, it's um well yeah, it's very it's just more of like a a crush kind of situation in 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 Scream. Like he he's very much has has a crush on 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 Gail Weathers. Um and yeah, and Dewey also is very he's kind of a dork like he's not very cool he's um he no one really takes him seriously because he's a you know kind of a deputy he's not he's like i mean he's a real he's cop def- but he's just he's, he's a doofus he's a, yeah i was gonna say he's a doofus like and um yeah his character is just re- his characters are just really likable like you really you really want him to succeed for some reason like he's just very his characters is very very likable and he kind of plays um someone of a of a hero in the movie. Yeah. He's a likable doof. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, and he's the law authority presence in this movie for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, okay. And the next character I want to cover is uh, Billy Loomis, who is uh, Nev Campbell's boyfriend and, and who plays Billy Brennan? Uh, Skeet Ulrich. Is it Ulrich or Ulrich? I, I'm never sure how to pronounce it. I don't know. All I know is whenever I hear his name, all I can think of is that skeet, 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 motherfucker. So when I so I do this, drop down my balls. I, I do this thing where I watch movies and I like I am always like I'm constantly like on IMDb, kind of just learning about like what's going on in the movie, like while as I'm watching. I bet, it. Abby, I bet Abby loves that. As you're asking, what did he say? What just happened? Um, I Whose usually, car did they take? I usually watch movies by myself. Um, oh poor. Well, you don't <laughs> like Abby? What's up? Well, what's I just uh, you know I just watch movies like. You know, on my own, I uh, and I like I watched this movie on my own. Anyways, uh, and I was like, 
and I was like, Skeet, Skeet Ulrich, like, I don't really know, I know, I, his name is very familiar, um, and then I was like, I had to go through his IMDb and kind of figure out what he's been in, and I, he was in the Newton Boys, he, he was in the Newton Boys, yeah, like, he was in As Good As It Gets, like, there, he, he's like, he was in The Craft, like, he was, oh, yeah, uh, but then, like, he's not, he hasn't been in anything ever, like, so was he famous just for being in Scream? Like, yeah, yeah, I okay. think that's the best way to put it. He got famous from Scream and stayed famous for a couple years, and that was it. That was it. Was Dunzo? Yeah, I mean, he's been making movies steadily or been in TV shows since Scream. So he's, but you know, he's just kind of like a, he's not he's famous a, he's anymore. A, he's a working actor now. He's, he's a wor- he's a working actor. Um, As are all of these folks, by the way. This uh, movie did wonders for all of their careers, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he is, um, Sydney's, you know, bad boy boyfriend. Like he, um, yeah, he kind of like at the beginning, he's like sneaking into her bedroom and he's like trying to like, you know, make like kind of put his moves on her and like trying to get her to have sex with him basically. And like, and that sleaze. Well, he is really sleazy about it. He's just like, I really like, I don't know the quote exactly, but he's like, I really want to take you know, our relationship to the next level, Sydney. And like, Sydney's like, I just don't think I'm ready yet. And, and he's like, shut up. And no, no, really, he's like really aggressive about it. Like, he's really like, I really, I really want to, really want to have sex with you. Like that, that's like his like vibe. All right. Well, could, I mean, could, all right. I mean, but before we judge too harshly, he was portraying like a 17 year old guy who was dating that Campbell. That's true. And spoiler alert. I wonder what. Res- and, and spoiler alert. Like he is the guy who's like the he's the bad guy in the movie, <laughs> and and so like there is a reason why he's kind of a creep. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah. I mean, all- Billy Loomis is is a killer in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but that and brings we'll up to the ending. And that brings up his next the next person that we should talk about is uh, um, Matthew Lillard, who plays Billy Loomis's you know best friend, and I believe he plays. Uh, Rose McGowan's boyfriend too, right? Um, um, yeah, yeah, they're dating. Yeah, and so and she, she always seemed way out of his league, though. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Matthew Lillard plays Stuart, um, and Zorks. and he and he like much like Dewey, he and he provides a lot of the comic relief of the of the movie. Um, him and another character we'll talk about in a second. But Matthew Lillard is he's a friend. He's the other killer, and he's just kind of. He's, yeah, he's just kind of, I, I explain this character, like explain like the character. He's the tall token white guy. There's, there's, there's often a tall white guy in a film. Uh, but I, I still don't really understand like why he's part, like part of the, the duo of being the killer. Like, is he just like convinced by Billy to like become like to help him out? Was there, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get to the ending okay. in the later section. Let's yes. dive into that then. Okay, perfect. Um, one more character I want to one more character I want to quickly point out is Jamie Kennedy, um, who is loosely known at this point. Um, he had some sort of hidden camera show, I think, called the Jamie Kennedy Experiment, and uh, he did some stand-up comedy. And these days, you can see him on doing like Hollywood Squares and like shitty like game shows like that, trying to crack like really bad jokes and keep his name in the limelight. But he was actually pretty funny in this movie. He was like, he was like the dorky. He was the Dustin Diamond of 
of Saved by the Bell. Like he was the nerdy friend that all the good looking popular people who were sleeping together let hang out with them as like the seventh wheel oddly. And he worked at the video store and he was a movie aficionado. And that was the primary role that he plays in this film is he is the horror movie buff that talks about horror movies a lot. And we'll get into that in a little bit too. Um, so did we leave any characters out or? Um, I'm looking over the, looking over the cast. There isn't really anyone else to point out. We talked about Rose McGowan a little bit. She's a Sydney's friend. I think we said that. Um, but yeah, there's not really, um, you know, anyone. Yeah. There's no one else that I would like bring so, up. Oddly, oddly. Oh, no, 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 no. The there, there is there, the principal, the principal's in it. Uh, Oh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler, yeah, and uh, Fonz. Yeah, the Fonz. And this is like, and this is this is before Henry Winkler's really came back into like, because he's been in, he's kind of, he kind of had like a lull between like in the after Happy Days until like, and then he started coming back in like the two thousands as being a more bit bit actor. But like, this is probably like one of his early bit acting roles. Uh, But yeah, he's in it too as a principal. Okay, the, the Fonz is in it. The Fonz is in it, yeah. Okay, so of all this, these principal actors, who would you say has become the most successful since then? Um, I mean, I guess I would have to probably stay with um, Courtney Cox only because, like, she's worked the most, like, since. Like, I've, I mean, she did Cougar. Uh, wasn't there, there was, like, Cougar, there was a show called Cougar Town that was kind of highly rated. Um, she, she still works a lot. Um, I would say like Matthew Lillard on one hand, like he did Scooby Doo and he, he did a lot of other movies. Um, you know after that, but he's kind of he's kind of kind of fallen off as well. Um, but yeah, I'm. Who would you? I guess, yeah, I guess I think it's got to be one of those two. It's definitely not Jamie Kennedy or David Arquette or. Uh, skeet, 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 motherfucker, Ulrich. Yeah. Um, also, not Nev Campbell. <laughs> I don't think it's. Well, Nev Campbell, like, kind of has stopped acting. Like, she hasn't. Well, it be... Actually, it's probably Drew Barrymore. Well, were now you... that I think. That's that true. I, think I mean, it. to be completely honest, the. When you. The, so the buildup for this movie was the beginning scene. And, like, so you watch trailers and, like, they showed a lot of the beginning of this movie in the trailer. And so you, and like, like I said, she was top billed. When you look at the poster, she's the first person's on the poster. And so like, they really built this movie up to be like, oh, this is Drew Barrymore's movie. And then they kill her in the first 15 minutes, which was like, which was, which was kind of probably mind blowing at the time, because like, you just don't, it was. you don't do that to, to the biggest. Brennan's- Brennan touched on something that I really kind of forgot, and that's how shocking it was that the top build actress died almost instantly in this movie. It was it was cool and surprising and almost and also kind of annoying because you're like, wait a minute, what happened to Drew Barrymore? Right, yeah. I mean so and you know, this is like this is in the early, early days of like the internet, and so there's not a bunch of spoilers um <laughs> you know, like that you can go find you know, about like what the movie is like, I'm sure there, but so like, there wasn't like a lot, the only way you're going to spoil it is from like word of mouth basically. Um, and so if you were going to see this movie early on, you, you weren't going to get spoiled that this was going to happen. But yeah, like Drew Barrymore is definitely, I mean, of all the act actors in this movie, I mean, she's definitely the biggest and still is. Okay. So let's okay. go with that. So 
moving on moving on what's your do you have a favorite scene from this movie um favorite scene i would have to say um hmm I really like Jamie. I mean, you write this. You wrote this down. Like Jamie Kennedy's, like when he's like kind of breaking down the, like the rules of like movies and like I think that was kind of cool. There's the ending scene, um, which is actually which they consider like the, the entire isn't one scene in the movie um, is amazing. Like the 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 like kind of like the the entire scene at the very end is really cool. But like. On, like rewatching it like nothing really like stuck out to me like as being like oh this is the best part of the movie like i n- none of the like scenes where like she's getting chased are necessarily memorable to me um but like th- i think like i said the scene where jamie jamie kennedy's kind of like laying out the laws of like horror movies is pretty it's pretty funny and like they're they are trying to be kind of tongue-in-cheek about horror movies because they're basically making fun of of horror movies inside of a horror movie. Yeah, totally. Um, Jamie Kennedy's scene where he explains what you can and cannot do to live in horror movies is the most memorable, most iconic scene. I think everyone would agree. It was so different. It was so, he's living, he's inside a horror movie and he's he's telling us what horror movies do to viewers. It's like, it's the ultimate rule break as a writer, but it was, it was so innovative and it worked so well in the, in the, the structure that everyone just accepted it. Um, so let me just go through the rules real quick. And number one is no having sex. If like a character in a horror movie has sex, they're done. Second thing is no drinking or doing drugs. You drink, you do drugs, you get got. Uh, the third thing is you never say I'll be right back because you will never be right back. And then there's a bunch of other sequels that he introduces in like later movies. But those are the three biggest rules and not only do they lean into those rules in the movie but after he explains these rules to everyone it becomes almost like a challenge for all these like you know teenagers at this party like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna dare the movie the movie gods by having sex doing drugs and saying i'll be right back as much as i can to stick my middle finger up at the movie world movie world gods and also to prove that jamie kennedy was wrong but he was right um, the only the only other scene I'd point out that I really liked is Rose McGowan gets killed while she's stuck in a doggy door, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but so she- I, I, you, I, when I was watching, I don't remember what happened. I, I mean, I don't remember exactly. Like, did she even get stabbed? Like, would you even die no. by? Would you even? You wouldn't even die by that. Like, if you got like pulled up in a like a doggy door. As, and- I, as I recall, she was running away from the killer, and she stuck her face and boobs through this little doggy door in the garage and the killer proceeded to like push the button on the garage door opener and the garage door went up into the mechanism and it sort of like crushed her neck and electrocuted her i think when it <laughs> when she hit the when she hit the top so she's just like lying there you know hanging out of the garage door which is just partially open up at the top with her like head and boobs hanging out and she it pretty much broke her neck but i just thought yeah i just thought it was a really cool it's a cool way to kill somebody anytime you can be original in a horror movie in killing somebody you should be applauded because so many times you're just getting shot or stabbed or something like really generic like that for sure yeah um it should be noted too that like um the 
like the special effects, like the 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 blood and the stabbing, is all like super realistic and such so well done in this movie. I don't have it up in front of me right now. You can go look it up, but like um, the 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 team that kind of did all the special effects, like is a team is like a team that works with like Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, like I mean Dimension guys basically, the people that Dimension and Miramax guys that made all these like you know good bloody movies. Uh, but like the the effects in this movie are are really really well done. Um, That's a good point. The special effects can kill a horror movie. Like if it looks stupid, it's not scary. And this this never did that. It always looked super real and gruesome and awesome. And in uh, fun fact, fifty five gallons of uh, fake blood were were made for this movie. And uh, so if that gives you an idea of how much blood you're going to see in this movie, um, it doesn't feel like there's that much blood in it. But like they probably just they probably did a lot of takes. <laughs> Um, you know, 55 gallons actually seems a little low. Well, I read a thing that said it was making a big deal about it. I, I don't know, like, the, the gallon limit for uh, for movies, but, uh, like, I imagine there's, like, imagine Kill Bill is probably up there for most blood in a in a movie. Dude, de- dude dead alive. Are you kidding me? Uh, Peter I- Jackson's dead alive? They used 300 liters of blood in the lawnmower scene alone. Oh, wow. Man, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a list where I can like look up all the blood used in movies. Well, um, when when Dead Alive came out, it was billed as the goriest poor movie ever oh, made, okay. and it it had owned now now that may have since been broken. In fact, it probably has. But at the time, it was definitely the goriest movie anyone had ever seen. And <laughs> if you haven't seen Dead Alive, it's this awesome sort of zombie comedy movie directed by Peter Jackson, set in New Zealand with sort of like these rat monkey things that turn people into zombies. And it, it's just awesome. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. But in that movie um, is a, that's like Peter Jackson's like first, like, no, no, he had some other shitty New Zealand movie called, uh, I can never remember the name of his first movie, but it was his second movie. Okay. Dead alive was his second movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, let's break down the, the final scene. You want to lay that out for us, Adam? Well, first, I just want to ask you, do you remember when you were watching it for the first time? Because, again, we said it was a whodunit. So there's all these characters. We know somebody's killing somebody, but we don't know who it is. Do you remember who you thought the killer was? Yeah, I definitely thought Dewey was the killer. Oh, my God, me too. I so thought it was Dewey. Um, only because, like, he always seemed to come around at the... He's always around at the time when the killer was around. And he always was, like, kind of showing up, like, when it happened. And... And I thought it was, honestly, I thought it was a little bit too obvious for it to be Billy. Um, and I did so, too. I didn't think they'd make it the boyfriend. It's always the boyfriend, It's always the right? boyfriend, yeah. But but correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I should know this because I just watched it a couple weeks ago or a week ago, but they reveal Matthew Lillard as being the killer first, and then, like, he's confronting, uh, he's confronting Sydney and Billy, and then it comes out that Billy's in on it too, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, Matthew Lillard, like at the end, the only people left alive are like Jamie Kennedy and Matthew Lillard, and they're both kind of blaming each other. And it's pretty clear to the audience that it's Matthew Lillard at this point. You like, you, you figure, like just by simple deduction, like everyone else has been like stabbed or attacked at that point, except for Matthew Lillard and Jamie Fox, Jamie Kennedy. And um, 
So you, you've kind of deduced that it's Matthew Lillard. And then when Matthew Lillard is kind of getting serious with Sydney about killing her, like Billy, I think Billy like stumbles into the room, still pretending to be injured or something like that. And, uh, and then the plot thickens and they reveal it was all one big hoax to get Sydney back for her slutty mother sleeping around with Billy Loomis's dad. Um, anyway, I just want to say there was, I, I thought, I never once suspected there would be two killers. I thought that was such a cool idea that there was two killers and they were both Ghostface. Well, and it, it can it actually helps make sense of like kind of the tr- like the, the the way events were happening in the film. Like there's ways that like there's no way that the Ghostface could have been at this point at one point when, when Billy's like coming in because like at the beginning of the movie actually like they they like Billy's been accused of being ghost being the killer and like he goes to jail and like sydney's like having this big dilemma like did he is he the is he the killer because um in the very beginning of the movie nev campbell gets like chased around her house she's like waiting for her friend um rosemary gowan to come pick her up and she's gets attacked by she gets a call and then she gets chased around her house by ghostface and then all of a sudden ghostface disappears because uh, and then Skeet Ulrich, Billy comes, comes to the door and she's just like, she's like, why are you like it, it, immediately they, you, she assumes that Billy is Ghostface. Yeah, I agree. It helped create, um, confusion and subterfuge about who the real killer was by having two. And it, it really helped keep the audience guessing, I would say, um, so I, I just thought that was really clever. I still, to this day, I've always thought that was a really clever way to do it, to have two killers. Um, now, one thing I want to talk about that I've never fully understood is what exactly did they accomplish when they faked Billy's death in front of Sydney? I understand it made Sydney upset and it made her kind of go crazy. But if you recall, they also tried to kill Sydney right after they fake killed Billy. So let's just say they had successfully killed her. Let's say Matthew Lillard had killed her right after he fake killed Billy. What the hell would have been the point of killing Billy at that point? I don't know. I because then they they do this weird thing where they start stabbing each other. They're like, or Billy stabs Matthew Lillard because they have to make it look like, like they're trying to go to the side, go yeah. to the side, and not too deep. Right, and then he That's then she said, and then Billy, <laughs> and then Billy stabs him. <laughs> too deep and like Matthew Lillard dies and then uh, and then I, I don't re- like I don't recall like doesn't because doesn't Nev Campbell end up killing Billy yeah I don't really know the point the whole point of it is that Nev Campbell's not going to die and she has to get revenge and kill the killer and then and then we think Matthew Lillard's dead but then he comes back alive and then and then Courtney Cox's character kills Matthew Lillard and kind of saves it, it kind of just sets this up for like having kind of two heroes and kind of like the whole like but again, you don't leave but the again, you, don't, you don't leave the killer you don't you make sure the killer's dead kind of thing cuz like I'm, they always come back but i'm not talking about the end when we know who the killers are and they're fake and they're stabbing each other to create suspicion and doubt with the police I'm talking about earlier in the movie, like after they have sex, 
Like oh. Billy gets killed by Matthew. He gets fake killed by Matthew Lill- Lillard right, yeah, in yeah. the bedroom. Yes. And then Matthew Lillard, as Ghostface, tries to kill Sydney. So did he know he wasn't going to kill her and they just wanted to fuck with her head a little bit? I, I mean, I feel like that's what a writer would tell me. But that's, I don't, I don't, I always thought the whole thing was, it was good for the movie because it really kept you guessing. You're like, holy shit, it's the boyfriend, there's two killers, and he's back from the dead. But logically, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you explaining it to me doesn't make sense. And watching it, it it makes a little bit more sense in that like they're just trying to like keep on this chasing going on. And I think eventually, I think the reason why there might have been a fake death is because they wanted Billy to, you know, do the actual killing, and then that never really comes. But he could have just killed. He was having sex with her. He could have just killed her right then. Yeah, I mean he's crazy, you know. He's a he's <laughs> the ultimate movie excuse. Well, he's not right in the head. <laughs> he's he's. I mean he's. These two guys are mass murdering people. I mean I guess it would kind of. All right. I, yeah, that doesn't make any I sense. Mean, like I, he could have he could have just like. I. That's what he, I'm saying. Yeah, he could have just done it in the the very first scene, and he comes in the room, and like he could just took out his knife and stabbed her. <laughs> yeah. So so when I don't like a movie, I will really hearken on points like this and i will talk a lot of shit and i'll keep bringing it up but since i like this movie we'll just move on (laughs) but that was a stupid point of the movie um and Uh, also another another fake death is doesn't dewey get kind of he gets he gets stabbed maimed and and it's kind of assumed that he's dead and then he comes back at the very end of the movie too like yeah, and he he's all like got nerve damage and he's limping and shit. Yeah, and uh, yep. And that and that that's actually a pretty good segue to uh, something Brennan wanted to talk about, which is the sequel. And Brennan had a rather egregious claim right before we got on this call. Would you like to share that claim with the with the loving fans? Yeah, um, I wanted to talk. I I really wanted to make this a two part, like not a two part episode, but kind of talk about both Scream One and Scream Two. Based on the success of Scream, Dimension immediately went to screen, to creating Scream 2 in that summer. And so so they have this humongous hit on their hands, and they immediately go, and they have... And for those who don't know, uh, Scream was written, uh, was written and created by um, Kevin Williamson, and he created this script, became a very high-demand script in Hollywood, but he also wrote treatments for Scream 2 and Scream 3 at the same time. That way he could sell it to the studio and it could be a franchise. And so that's why they were able to probably to create the movie so quickly anyways. but And so Scream 2 came out. And Scream 2 picks up... Um, I literally just watched the movie last night. Um, Scream 2 follow, come, picks up after two years after the events and Sydney is now in college. Um, and... Jamie Kennedy is there with her, and yeah, and so basically the beginning of that movie, they pick it up with, you know, another, not a chase scene, it's actually, so Gail Weathers has released a book based on what had happened, and so, and she sold the rights for a movie to be made called Stab, and uh, Stab in their universe is directed by Robert Rodriguez, and uh, and Gail, uh, Sydney's played by Tori Spelling, (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, and so the beginning of the movie picks up with uh, actually uh, Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett, and they are going to see this movie, 
And then they Jada Pinkett Jada Pinkett before she got smithed. <laughs> That's right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and so they they're going on a date to go see this movie. She doesn't want to see it because she doesn't like scary movies. And well, then her and her boyfriend get killed in the theater by another ghost face. And so it sets up the movie. Will you make, will you make your claim? Will you make your claim already? Oh, I, the reason why I like this movie better is just it was it had I think it had much better actors in it. Um, and you're really bad at making the claim is that you think Scream Two is better than Scream One. That's the claim I've been trying that's to. That's the claim. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I thought I just thought the movie. That's no, bullshit. Oh, I watched the but movies you, right after each other, and I really. Oh, loved, so you're the so you know. No, I'm so just saying I enjoyed the movie more. It's more. It's more like it's just more fun. It's just a more fun movie, and the characters are, I, in my opinion, I don't like Skeet Ulrich in the movie. I thought Skeet, Skeet Ulrich is a terrible you, actor. You'd rather have the fat kid from Stand by Me. Jerry O'Connell, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I like Scream 2. I don't want to give off the impression that I, I don't like Scream 2. It's good. It's a really good sequel. But Scream is vastly superior. It, the Scream is the original. You can't, you can't be better than the original by copying the format of the original. That's, that's not how life works. That's fair. I mean, the ending of Scream 2 is terrible. It does not make. If we want to talk about making yeah, the, sense, the, the the sister from Roseanne. The sister from Roseanne ends up being Billy Loomis's mom, which comes out of nowhere. Where you're like, what? What doesn't make any sense, like at all? And and Timothy Oliphant and Tim, is just like into and, killing people. Yeah, he's just he's just crazy. And so the motives the motives sucked. Like Billy, the, yeah, the motives and did suck. Motives were way better than Timothy Oliphant and sister from Roseanne. Yeah, and the the movie basically plays out exactly the same as scream it's just all these chase scenes and and like you were saying like there's all these rules about the sequel like the blood the the body count has to be higher and there's some other basic rules but like and like jamie kennedy gets killed in it and uh and dewey almost gets killed in it again but then gets rolled out on the stretcher at the end uh gail almost gets killed everybody but everybody gets killed in this movie except for three people which are gail and uh sydney and dewey so even jamie kennedy was not safe um but everyone yeah, dies I, I, because we haven't walked through the movie like we normally do on a podcast there are people that haven't seen scream 2 right now and they have no idea what the hell we're talking about <laughs> well i'm sorry if we, i'm sorry that we that we spoiled it for you but uh you know it's all, all I'll say is you're very wrong in thinking that Scream 2 is better than Scream 1. I'm not saying Scream 2 is bad, but you're talking like you can't Scream is like a 10 horror movie. Like it's a it's a perfect 10. Like there's you know, there's 20 horror films ever that are perfect 10s and Scream is one of them. And Scream 2 is, you know, maybe a, an 8 the first time you see it, maybe. And then again and again it's a 7 then a 6. Yeah, and and then there's this whole weird. So Cotton Weary comes back in the in the, this one, and he's free now from because he's been, you know, he wasn't the killer after all. It was Billy from the first movie who was the actual killer who killed uh, Sydney's mom, and so he shows up for some reason as well, which adds to the idea like oh that he's a killer. And there's a scene in it where he gets really aggressive with Sydney, and he's like, "Come on, we can go on to this national." like national news show with some famous news anchor and like you owe it to me, Sydney, like you, like you put me in jail. And, um, anyways, and so the, you're right. It, 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 it's a little bit more campy and a little bit, you know, a little bit 
not as it doesn't make as much sense, but I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more. Um, f- here's a game for you, Adam. Do you know the Rotten Tomato score for Scream? Uh, no, I don't. You want to play the game? Yeah, I know. I know the scores, but so guess. Oh, what? you know it. I know. Oh, so it. You're I'm just sorry. quizzing me. I'm quizzing you. Yeah. Um. Well, because it's a horror movie, it's pretty gory. It's Wes Craven. I would probably say right around 70 maybe even a little lower like 68 something like that incorrect scream the original is 7.9 actually 79 okay yeah 79 um any guesses for what scream 2 is oh well because you went you made a point to say this and because you've got that little smirk in your voice (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to say slightly higher than 79 um because people are sheep and uh, they get on the bandwagon, and you know, you know what? This doesn't prove anything, by the way. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, eighty-two. Exactly, you're exactly right. Oh, okay, uh, this doesn't prove anything. No, you, this you, is like all those idiots that started watching Breaking Bad in season five because everyone else said how good it was the first four seasons, and season five like sucks. And then all these idiots are like Breaking Bad is so good. It's like, man, you don't even know what good is. <laughs> um, but to be fair, if you look at the audience scores. Uh, Scream 1 is like in the 80s for an audience score and Scream 2 is in the 50s. So that will hold okay. your that will hold your point better. Um All right. But All yeah, right. Scream 2 is a you know, is a is a good sequel to it. And then they in 2000 um 3 years later they created Scream 3 and I watched the beginning of that movie and I could not watch it. It was it's horrible. The movie is it's it's terrible. And and what is with Courtney Cox's bangs in that movie? Ugh. Yeah. She looks so ugly. I mean, and this is still peak Friends. Like, 2000 is, like, when Friends was, like, when all the Friends cast were making a million dollars per episode. Um, the, only thing I rem- the only thing I remember is they make Stab 2 in Scream 3, so the Stab thing keeps going. No, they're making they're um, actually making Stab 3 in Scream 3. Oh, they've, is it so they Okay. Yeah. So okay, so they've caught up with its own movie world. Okay, well, fine. and and that what else is funny in that movie is that the all the characters have been recast. So like they like from Scream from Stab One and Stab Two, which were apparently played by like Tori Spelling, she's left, and now they've been replaced. And um, oh right, and the actors start dying. In the and so they start getting yeah, the actors are getting targeted. Um, yeah. I, I remember the killer was like Sydney's secret half brother that she didn't know she had something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a really weird side story. I like, I, cause I read the synopsis after I was like, I'm not watching this movie. So yeah, she's, she's the ghost face in that is like, is an actor in stab three and her half brother was the love child, not a love child uh, of the director of stab three who in the, the director had, raped Sydney's mom and oh god really? yeah yeah <laughs> like that's the synopsis and I'm like uh this is this is really awkward like this is a really weird that's... story and they and also this weird story that like Sydney's mom was like an actress like in the like in the 70s like like doing yeah, scream it, th- it didn't make any we sense we can stop now yeah scream 3 is not good frankly scream 4 is not that great either in my opinion I don't think it's it definitely yeah, was not worth a rewatch. They like basically. <laughs> it's just like Scream. It's just like Scream, but like now Nev Campbell is like, um, I don't, she's going. She's going back to the city to like 
do a book tour. Woodsboro. Woodsboro, thank you. And she's like doing a, she's like selling a book and then all this stuff starts happening again. And then, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, okay. So anyway, watch Scream 1 and you can watch Scream 2 and Brennan will think you're so cool if you think it's better. That's not, that, can, that's not true. Um, maybe you and him can listen to the Party of Five podcast <laughs> as well. And and then there was Scream the series, which I've never watched. No, I never watched it. Um, <laughs> let's let's go back to the the original Scream, which is what our podcast is about. I just want to highlight a couple of the people involved real quick, and that's uh, first of all the writer Kevin mentioned, or excuse me, Brennan mentioned Kevin Williamson before. He made a handful of successful horror movies, including uh, all of the Screams. He also wrote "I Know What You Did Last Summer," which was a huge success, and you know, essentially a, a Scream clone, mm-hmm. um, but I with even had its own party of five. Jennifer Love Hewitt starring in it. That's right. So essentially a scream clone with a fish hook guy instead of a ghost face. He also wrote The Faculty, directed by Robert Rodriguez, which is awesome. And uh, if you guys haven't seen The Faculty, it is an amazing 90s movie right on par with Scream. Very popular. A lot of young, famous actors in it as well. We could totally do The Faculty. Yeah, The Faculty is really good. Elijah Wood's in it. Uh, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, really, really. That's a really good point. Clea Clea Duvall. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. also, he he wrote the movie Cursed, which is that werewolf movie with uh, Christina Ricci and that kid from Zombieland, I think, is in it. Oh, yeah. And uh, no, I'm, I'm, and it was also directed by Wes Craven, right? It was, yeah. Most A lot of those were. Um, well, I guess not, actually. But a lot of movies that he wrote were directed by Wes Craven. They're just not movies I listed just now. But those are some of his highlights. So a really accomplished horror writer, Kevin Williamson, our hats off to him. And, and sure, then obviously, can, I, can I say one thing about another credit for him? He also yeah. was a creator of this TV show that was on for a couple seasons called The Following with Kevin Bacon, which I, which me and Abby actually watched like the first two seasons. And the first season is really good. Then it kind of this kind of goes in a weird way. But like the first season of The Following was good. So I'll say hmm. that. Okay. So watch season one of the following, but not season two, according to Brennan. Watch watch Party Five instead. Um, and then la- lastly, that's <laughs> lastly we we want to pay homage to the late great uh, master of screams, uh, literally Wes Craven, who passed away in 2015. Um, and this guy is an architect of a lot of modern horror as we know it. Um, not only the Scream franchise, but also Nightmare on Elm Street, which he wrote and directed uh, the original. Uh, he also wrote Part 7. I think he wrote Part 6 as well. Um, he also, in his younger years, made last The Last House on the Left and the original Hills Have Eyes and Hills Have Eyes Part 2. He also did The People Under the Stairs, which is a hugely underrated, awesome horror movie that Brennan and I have talked about a few times on our podcast. If you haven't seen The People Under the Stairs and you like horror movies, you need to watch The People Under the Stairs. It is so cool. Oh, and then Brandon um, Brandon Quentin Adams from Mighty Ducks is in that. I think that's I think that's from, when you I think that's what you mentioned it. And from the Sandlot, check the out Sandlot. our podcast on the Mighty Ducks and the Sandlot. Um, and then he also did The Serpent in the Rainbow, which is a really underrated Bill Pullman like zombie voodoo movie set in like Haitia, I think, which is very good. And uh, he, anyway, Wes Craven, we miss him a lot. He was, he gave a lot to the industry and especially the horror genre. Absolutely. And yeah, you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, correct? We, we said that. Oh, you bet. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so um, anyway, I just, we've talked a lot about how Scream really reinvented the horror genre at the time. Um, if you look at all the successful horror movies after Scream, they are all Scream clones, like all of them. It's, you know, 
help me out. It's I know you did last summer. It's urban legend. It's the teaching Mrs. Tingle. It's the faculty. Um, what else? There, there's a hundred of them. even the modern ones like Happy Death Day. Like these are these are all very much like Scream. Well, teaching Mr. Mrs. Tingle was that was Kevin Williamson too. Um, yeah, t- that movie's not that great, by the way. I'm not recommending that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like horror movies that like yeah, like you mentioned. There was a there was a ton. Uh, Jeepers Creepers um, could be one. Maybe I don't know. I mean, like what what about the satires? I mean, talk about well, scary movie. How yeah. fa- yeah, uh, scary movie and and shriek if you know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth, starring Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Final Destination. Um, yes. So, so a lot you, of a lot of. But to your point, a lot uh, came. From, yeah, a lot a lot came from this. I'm going to tell you a funny, another funny uh, uh, thing is that the Kevin Williamson originally named. Um, Scream, scary movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and then they decided not to call it that, and they called it Scream instead. And so, uh, but I, I really thought that Good was cho- interesting. Um, Good choice. Good choice. Scream is a much cooler title. But um, yeah, um, definitely a lot, a lot inspired this. And uh, but then it also died. So. Um, yeah. Well, everything has its time. Um, you know, and. Scream Scream will have a very important play. Like in a hundred years in like film history class, when they do the three week section on the horror genre, there will be a, a, a chapter about like Scream and Scream disciples. That's true. I'm gonna go back one I have one question to ask you about about Scream and what your thoughts about this are. Do you find this these movies like the first two or even just the first? Do you find it scary at all? scary no you know i that, i'm a bad person to ask this question to i have been so desensitized over the year i mean i told you i was watching you know the gate and lost boys when i was like three years old like it i i don't i really don't get scared almost ever by horror movies i don't i don't find movies scary i don't find things that aren't real scary that the, the, there are plenty of real things in the world that scare me I don't find things that aren't real scary at all. I just, my brain doesn't really work that way. I do find it incredibly entertaining and it does make you jump a lot, which is kind of the same thing. I was, cause I was wondering like if you went back, like if you, if you had never seen Scream, like, so if you're listening to the show and you've never seen Scream and you went and watched it today in 2019, would this movie be scary to that person? And I, and I was just like, I don't, I don't think it would be because it's too, the jumps aren't very jumpy for one. And it's, it's all kind of predictable when you watch it now. And since I've gone back and watched it, like I enjoyed the movies, but I overall, I don't think the movies are that great. Like, I think they are very B ish. Like they're very like, I mean, they're well produced and, but I don't think the acting is necessarily like amazing. And um, all the characters are kind of like overdone. Um, And I just like, if you go like the movies haven't aged very well in my opinion like and like the one thing that they have going for them is that they do they use they use cell phones a lot so like that so if uh, like a teenager today went back and watched this it'd be like oh i can understand like oh that's they they have cell phones like they're really old school cell phones but like i just think it's not it's not that scary anymore you know i i get what you're saying but i also 
I also don't think it's all that fair to compare. I think that the 90s are different than 2019. I think the 80s are very different than 2019. People like to talk shit about 80s movies. They're not good. The, you know, the action movies, they're not believable. Well, duh. It was the 80s. That's fair. Uh, horror movies in the 80s were really over the top. And so I think when you try and apply today's standards and principles versus a time that had no knowledge of what the future would behold, I think you're, I think you're setting them up to fail a little bit. That's fair. I mean, I, I can agree with you. Do you think Scream deserves a remake, or do you think it should be be remade and well, to like I, another I mean, trilogy? Scream four, Scream four was more or less a remake, um, and I it wasn't nearly as popular as I think some would have hoped. Um, I, I think the world has had their fill of Scream. Personally, that doesn't mean that that won't be come back if there is money to be had in a franchise and low risk, high reward for a studio. You can bet that marriage will happen at some point, but I don't think that the excitement over a Scream remake or a Scream Five release would be would be would, would hold a candle to what what Scream and Scream Two were like when you know in the mid nineties. Well, I got a surprise for you, Adam. Scream is getting is getting rebooted. <laughs> <laughs> and what did I just say? No one would care, and I don't care at all. <laughs> Um, I, I'm curious to know what a Scream reboot looks like if it's like a Halloween like reboot with like Nev, like if it's like Scream but like Nev Campbell comes back as like the Jamie Lee Curtis character uh, like or like as a sin like or if it's a total like just reimagining well, now, that, <laughs> now that we're going down the, now that we're going down this road <laughs> what 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 old horror franchise reboots have been good like the the Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween was good, not great. I would say that one was probably the best. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake was fucking terrible with Rorschach as a child molester. <laughs> it was awful. Oh, gosh. And the, the Friday the 13th remake was so bad, they re-re-remade it because they just wanted to forget that they remade it once. And um, the Chucky replay wasn't that good. I don't, I don't know. I just, again, what I just said, I, I think still applies in that you, you, you're taking things of a different age and you're trying to modernize them. And, and the truth is life was very different in the mid nineties and especially different in the eighties than it is today. So things that people are afraid of then they aren't afraid of today. I don't know that it's a great strategy in terms of inspiring thrills or horror or chills. You know what I mean? It right. doesn't mean it's not going to be a successful movie. I just don't know that it's a great strategy for getting the most out of a, a horror like the best horror movies we come across are completely new ideas that strike people in today's world. Well, yeah, and I think in this, I mean, the horror genre has become so supernatural and so kind of more about like psychological than like just jump scares. Like, I mean, there's still jump scares in all those movies, but like it's more about being like really wanting to like F with your mind. Like, whereas like, Scream is just like it's candy. It's like it's it's horror candy. Like and I think if they did it again, like I think they'd have to kind of go back to something like that. And I just that I just don't think that works as well. Like you're not gonna make a, a psychological scream movie, but I guess they could try. Like if they wanted to like I just I just don't know how it would work. Like, I don't know. Well, I'll watch it when it comes out on video or Red box. Have you have, have like you that, seen the probably, have, you, have you seen the new Halloween the, the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, I saw it. It was good. Um, I thought it. 
I thought it got billed to be a lot better than it was. There is this really cool shit with Jamie Lee Curtis in her house where she's turned her house into like a torture chamber, not too unlike um, the people under the stairs house where there's just all kinds of trap doors and hidden places with shotguns and shit like that. And all the stuff in her in her farmhouse was really cool. But on the whole, there's a lot of stuff I don't care at all about, about her daughter and her granddaughter and her granddaughter's boyfriend. I mean, I, I thought it was good, not great. Okay, I haven't seen it, so I'm curious. I don't, I don't, I, I tend to stay away from horror movies nowadays. I just don't really enjoy them very much. Okay, well, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, I guess we should wrap it up there, bro po. Yeah, so, um, we wanna th- so Halloween's coming. Halloween's coming. Put in your favorite scary movies. Maybe that's Scream. Maybe it's uh, other movies. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we're kind of doing it. It's Halloween and uh, Halloween time. And uh, but yeah, I we probably should have said that at the beginning of the show. This is our Halloween episode. (laughs) Filming this on the 29th of October, 2019. Uh, You could be listening to this 50 years from now and hopefully we're still alive. You know, look (laughs) us up. Um, And if not, say nice things about me online. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I I really don't have anything uh, else to say about this. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to our awesome podcast. This has been another screaming podcast, Nev Campbell and Billy Loomis style with Brennan Pointer. Uh, Check us out on social media. You can follow Brennan at BroPomode and me at Adam Pitzler on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook and other mediums. You can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out. What we're really after is those kick-ass five-star reviews on iTunes. Post a review on iTunes. Tell us what you like or don't like about us. Email the show. Tell us what you like or don't like about Party of Five. And we can't wait to interact with you guys more. For Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.